Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. Another special hour with a special guest from the Flat Earth Podcast. You can look it up online, theflatearthpodcast.com. Dave Weiss, thank you for sticking around with us tonight. Thanks. And the Flat Earth Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock app to show you where we really live. Perfect. And I know there's going to be people that are curious, and we have some people on the line wanting to ask you questions. But I, I do want to ask you one other question, and then we're going to go to we got Mike and Robert holding on. Um, I, one of the questions I do want to ask is when it comes to the basic understanding of what we would call science. So is there a different philosophy in order to make all of what you believe mesh together? Is there like a different type of science that you believe in? Yeah, we believe in real science. The science that they use for astronomy is called pseudoscience, where they just say something, don't show you any proof, you live on a ball. You know, they, they observe something and then tell you what the cause is, and then they don't do anything testable and repeatable. Like, if we lived on a ball, there would be physical curvature, and there isn't any. We do the science, actual science, testable, repeatable, observable, and it shows that there is no curvature. No curvature, no ball. The Earth is 70% water, large bodies of water at rest, lay flat, there's no curvy water. Um, think about this. The Earth is spinning at 1,000 miles an hour at the equator. If you have an airplane that's taking off from Alaska, Alaska, because it's closer to the axis of rotation on the ridiculous ball Earth, is only going, <coughs> excuse me, is only going at like three or 400 miles an hour. If it flew to Ecuador and tried to land on a runway that's north and south, that runway is moving sideways at 1,000 miles per hour. How is that plane going to land? Runways okay. aren't moving. If they, were, if they were moving at all, the plane would crash. Hmm. Uh, well, let's take some more calls on this because I know there's pe all kinds of people that have questions on it. And let's go to Mike first. Sure. Welcome to Overnight America, Mike. Hey, first of all, this is a fun topic. Thanks, guys. Um, oh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm pretty simple, you know, uh, don't have a big education in science, went to high school. Um, but here's my question. So if we took the highest point on Earth and we went up what we perceive as the highest point and we leveled off in a plane with a level and you just kept flying, at some point, if the Earth is round, wouldn't you fly off the Earth? You can Absolutely. Airplanes, airplanes use gyros that spin and hold rigidity in space regardless of, of the gravity or the force that we call gravity. 
and if the airplane turns sideways, the, the gyro stays level with the earth, and that's how the pilot knows how much he's turned up and down. Gyros would make the airplane fly right off into space. An airplane flying at 550 miles an hour on a 24,901-mile-around ball would have to nose the airplane down a mile every two minutes. When you're on an airplane cruising, when the pilot just starts to make that descent gently into your airport, you notice it. You even wake up if you're sleeping. If you're flying, you would be nosing down a mile every two minutes. That's faster than any descent into any airport, but we don't. Airplanes fly straight and level over the earth plane. Airplane, not air globe. So what, what, going back to what Mike mentioned there, so why can't you just fly to this edge and just keep going? Because... Antarctica is far away. You know, you can fly there. There's the Antarctic Treaty that says no one can travel south of the 60-degree south um, latitude line. And without permits and everything, they don't fly any flights over Antarctica because Antarctica isn't an island at the bottom of a ball. You know, Antarctica is the land that surrounds us. So could you physically? Sure, you could. But where are you going to go? Compasses don't work down there. GPS doesn't work down there. It's dark out. I keep saying down there, out there. Um, where are you going to go? They're not going to let you fly there. You're going to get lost if you do go there. Um, maybe you'll crash into the dome. I don't know. I haven't been there. Yeah, but it would be to prove it, though. So why wouldn't someone at least try it? Well, people have tried, and they've been stopped by military force. Their boats have been threatened to sink. People have been arrested. And uh, if you want to go independently explore Antarctica, it'll cost you about $200,000 in permits. You will get denied, and they keep your $200,000. Nobody can independently explore Antarctica. In 1957, they came up with the Antarctic Treaty. All of a sudden, in 1957, every country in the world agreed Signed this treaty, said we must protect the penguins, we must protect the ice. No one could drop a cigarette butt on this ice. It has to stay pristine. It's the only pristine place. This was done before um, environmentalism was even a word, okay? It's still in place today, and you can't even question the treaty until the year 2041. No corporation, no person can even question the treaty. But meanwhile, we can deforest the Amazon jungle and plant palm oil trees. Makes no sense. Uh, Robert is holding on the line, too. Let's take his call. Welcome to Overnight America. Hey, hello, gentlemen. David, greetings to you, my friend. Greetings, Robert. In, you, in your opinion, if supposedly from 1969 until 1972, a total of six times NASA traveled to and from the moon, and they went through these things called the Van Allen radiation belts. According to the NASA trial by fire, Orion trial by fire video, which is very easily searched on YouTube. It is also on their website. We cannot send people that far into space anymore because of a deadly radiation belts that they, that they have named the Van Allen belts. In your opinion, how is it possible that these supposed astronauts accomplished this successfully Round trips six times from 1969 to 72, but they are no longer able to do that. And my last yeah. question is, I would like your thoughts on three quotes from people. I would like to know what you think about Neil deGrasse Tyson in the 2014 South by Southwest event where he said, from that height, that stuff is flat. I would also like to know what you feel about the astronaut Don Pettit saying, 
Well, I would go back to the noon and the moon in a nanosecond. Uh, the problem is uh, we lost the technology to we destroyed the technology to do that, and it's a painful process to bring it back again. And lastly, I would like your opinion on the quote. From, from Elon Robert. Musk, where he says, oh, that. <laughs> I was guessing. <laughs> well, Elon Musk, that's a classic, isn't it? But the last and final one is from um, Robert Simmon, the NASA data visualizer, Mr. Blue Marble, right. when he says, It's it Photoshop, Photoshop but it, it has to be. It right. has to be. And uh, right. if you can comment on the aforementioned, I'd very much appreciate it. Oh, and regarding that previous woman that called, she said something very interesting. She said, God created the Earth, and it does this and that, but... I highly encourage her, coming from me, I am on my third translation of the Bible, so no man can say, well, you know those have been translated. The book clearly describes an enclosed, intelligently designed system, and yes, the firmament from the Hebrew word rachia, which means a strong beaten out structure. From those, for those who are listening, if you do believe that we are not evolved orangutans, I highly encourage you to, to go back into the word and read exactly what this book says. And uh, I just want to say, David, I thank you for all you do, my friend. Wow. Okay, all right, Robert, thank, thank you. you. I'll try to recall. How, how much right. time do I have to answer? I'll keep it as quick as I can. Uh, go as um, long as you need. Go ahead. All right, so uh, just working backwards, Neil deGrasse Tyson was talking about uh, Felix, Felix Baumgarten, who did the Red Bull jump. He went up 138,000 feet all right, in a balloon. He was up there for three and a half hours, and when he jumped, think about this. The Earth is spinning 1,000 miles an hour to the east, so he went up, disconnected from the Earth. The Earth is spinning to the east. He should have landed out in the ocean in the west, but he didn't. He landed east of where he took off, and um, he, uh, he showed a picture of a big curved Earth, but it was all New Mexico. Like the entire curve of the Earth was New Mexico. And Neil pointed out because of us flat earthers exposing that the Red Bull jump did not prove that using a fisheye lens, um, Neil had to make a speech and he said, you can't see the curve of the Earth from 138,000 feet. Uh, that stuff is flat. That was his comment. The problem is every time we bust one of their lies, they move the globe post. They just move it farther out. So now, you know, it used to be at, at you know, 70,000 feet, you can see the curve. Now it's 138,000 feet, you can't see the curve. You can't see the curve anywhere. Um, the other thing, what was the, the first thing he was talking about? It was, um, God. Oh, dude. boy. I, I don't remember the yeah. very first thing. It was about space so, travel. So the, the multiple times from oh, yeah. 69 the, the, to the moon, the moon, Yeah, the moon trips. Um, anybody that takes any honest look at the moon missions, you know that they're fake. Yeah, I can tie it to the to the um, Red Bull jump. The Red Bull jump went up 138,000 feet, and they could barely communicate with the guy. This was in the 2000 and something, you know, to the year 2005 or whatever it was. They could barely communicate with the guy from the ground directly below him uh, um, 138,000 feet up. They were losing calm. But in the 1960s, President Nixon on a landline phone can talk to the guys on the moon without a delay, with a perfect connection. Okay, something is wrong here, right? If you look at any of the footage uh, on the space station, we can see that they're hanging from wires. They're using green screens, as I said before. If you look at the moon mission, the 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 lander, this this thing is made out of it's it's a tweaker shelter. It's a homeless tweaker shelter. It's made out of tin foil, paper mache, curtain rods, and duct tape. And two guys went in there with a golf cart 
with a you know, dune buggy and golf clubs. They went on the room, the moon. They drove around. They played golf. They 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 came back. If you look at any of the footage, it doesn't hold up. It never held up. Then they came back and they had a press conference, and it looked like their dogs were just murdered by their their posture and their attitude. They they were forced to lie. I don't know what the story was, but everything about NASA is evil and fake. Nobody has ever been into space because space is misdescribed. Hmm. All right. So I have one last question for you and we can, uh, we can wrap it up after this. And I, I think this might be the, the thing that a lot of people do wonder. So it, wh- why teach the otherwise? Why would there be this Bible giant lie. conspiracy? Yeah. Why, why, why would there be this giant yeah. cover up of the truth? Right. So the, the answer to that is, if you believe that you are on a random speck in an infinite godless or distant god universe and, and that an asteroid could take you out any, at any time, that you are just a random accident coming from nothing, you give away your divine power. We are, and then if you realize, hey, you know, I, by the way, I was pretty much an atheist before I discovered that the earth was intelligently designed. Oh, my God, this earth that we're on is tel- intelligently designed. We are at the center of creation. We are powerful beings having an experience here with God-given free will and rights that nobody can take away from us unless we willingly give them away. So the elite are luring our souls away. Our goal, our, our goal here on Earth is to maintain control of our soul and not sell our soul and not you know, lose, our, lose our way. We're having a journey here in this realm that we live in, and... Um, they're convincing us that we are meaningless, that, that there's nothing more, and that we are powerless. But once people realize we're in this created place and that we are special and that we are powerful, um, then they can't affect you. You know, there's no power anyone has over you. You know, people call them the elite when I say they, the elite. Well, it's not the elite. It's the, you know, I don't want to say a bad word, but, you know, the, the, the horrible, nasty people um, that are claiming authority over you, and they don't have authority over you. If you're lost in space, you are powerless and helpless, okay? But if you know who you are, where you are, what you are, you take your power back, and they can't have that. They need our fear and our willingness to uh, submit to their authority. That's why. It's the most important secret. One more thing I want to say is we have not known the earth is flat for 500 years. That's a lie. I interviewed a woman in January, 102 years old. She remembered her fifth birthday party. I was interviewing her about the World's Fairs, and I asked her, what did they teach you in science? Because she knew her teacher's names and everything. And, and what did they teach you in science in elementary school? And she said, they taught me the earth was flat. In the 1920s, all across America, everyone was being taught the earth was flat. We found a woman in Croatia in the 1930s. She said all of Croatia knew the earth was flat. Everyone knew the earth was flat until the early 1900s when this cabal or whatever changed history. They started all these wars. They're destroying all of the evidence. There's so much evidence of flat earth. It's unbelievable. It stacks up, and it all can be found on the Flat Earth, Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock app. If you Google Flat Earth, you're going to be led right to the Flat Earth Society to nonsense. But if you get this app, take the app challenge. The app is $2.99. That's it. And just watch the video every day. Hit the 21 questions. If you hit the 21 questions, by the way, bring food and water because you're going to be stuck there for a long time. You're not going to want to come out. All right. And the website is the flat earth podcast.com and people could find links and things on there. 
Yeah, the links the links are there. The Flat Earth Podcast, um, you know, link to the app is there, and it's the Flat Earth Sun Moon and Zodiac Clock app by Blue Water Bay, and um, okay, that's it. Yeah. You know, it, once you go there, you'll you'll find lots of stuff. And again, don't believe anything I say. I just pointed to some doors. I I told you some things that like, hey, there's another explanation why ships go over the horizon. There's another explanation why shadows are different in different places on the Earth. There's another explanation of what's going on above our heads. Those lights we see in the sky, um, there's another explanation for what they are. Hmm. Dave Weiss, and again, the website, theflatearthpodcast.com. You spent a lot of time with us tonight. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate it and answering some questions I'm sure a lot of people had. All right. Thanks. Thanks so much. Uh, talk to you soon. That is, again, Dave Weiss. Uh, you can find him at theflatearthpodcast.com. And, yeah, we got some text messages, things like that. I really we do this about once a year, I would say, and it's been a little while since we've had one of these. And it's so strange because whenever we do this, this becomes easily our most downloaded podcast. Whenever we have someone on to talk flat earth theory, easily it's our most downloaded podcast. So I don't do it for that. I'm just always curious what other people believe. And he certainly has a lot of beliefs. And you can find him online if you wanted to look out more. He joins us on the Quiver River Electric Guest Line. It's Overnight America KMOX. St. Louis's weather station, KMOX. Yeah, welcome back. That's fascinating. Yeah, I wrote down all kinds of different questions, but I thought it was better to try to get some of yours in there. And what a way to send off the last show of the year than to talk some flat earth. <laughs> That's good. You had a lot of answers. I'll, uh, I'll say that. And I don't think that anyone would be able to convince me. Uh, I know that they say you, you watch the videos and you'll be convinced. I don't think so. I, I just, just, I, it, it's just not me, but I would say the opposite is probably true with him. I don't know if there's anything that could convince him the other way. I don't think there would be any other way to go. I wonder what would have to happen for him to be convinced. You know, even if it was a ticket to space, if you could witness it yourself. All right. So when we um, come to the weather here in a little bit, we're going to have a, another special guest on. Tim Winter is his name. He's president of the Parents Television Council. And some of these entertainment trends and what they're marketing to kids are becoming pretty dangerous. He wanted to talk about that. So we're going to welcome him on the show. I saw this one story over on Fox 2. The Madison County prosecutor says Pritker's uh, COVID orders not criminally enforceable. It makes you wonder how many of these orders are enforceable. And some people have looked at it and challenged it in other states. Michigan is another popular one and even trying to find ways what's enforceable, what's not. But man, Michigan will do anything they can to keep you locked down at all times. They've gone above and beyond. I don't know if you saw Governor Whitmer up in Michigan even had to have a special video message with Santa Claus to talk about, hey, stay in. Don't go with the, and see your family, kids. It's pretty sad. Uh, the extreme lengths that they go to try to pull something like this. And even when they lose in court, they continue on. But what we find is that we are fighting it in other places in the county and the city is a little bit different because the restrictions aren't as much. But there were people that brought that lawsuit up that unfortunately didn't really go that far. But I think that there are at least other ways like in Chesterfield. Was it Chesterfield that they mentioned there were not going to prosecute anyone that ends up or oh, excuse me maybe they said the police weren't going to go and, and serve anyone and i don't know if that really helps anyone because i don't know if that's trust enough trust for you to stop on this sort of thing but that's just one of the stories that are out there i saw this other story too 
We got some time here, but I don't want to, you know, I want to make sure we get as much stuff as we can before the end of the night. You know what I noticed right at the top of the hour at 11 o'clock because we had a guest, we didn't get to play our favorite Thursday song. And I should have put this in the log for Nathan, who's our producer here tonight. On Thursdays, we play Rebecca Black at 11 o'clock. It would have sounded strange with our guest Dave Weiss on, but, you know, when we talk Flat Earth, I don't think we're worried about uh, sounding strange. That's just a whole different thing. So maybe we'll get to sneak it in here in a little bit, too, because <laughs> it wouldn't feel right for the weekend if it wasn't for Rebecca Black. So maybe we'll do that right before the end of the hour as we're getting close to that. I wanted to bring up this, too. I, I don't know if you saw this. This is starting to make rounds, and it's a pretty compelling video because we're starting to learn, at least from Representative Matt Patrick, he's a congressman out of Texas that shared some news during a C-SPAN hearing while well, it was reported on C-SPAN. And Representative Matt Patrick was talking about how there was certain deliberations that the Supreme Court made in order to determine if they were going to take up this Texas case that the president would like to see forward. A lot of other states wanted to join in and show their support, at least for Texas, that was questioning some of the results of the election or at least questioning um, if some of these things should have been accepted the way they were accepted when it comes to the vote tallies. One of the interesting things is that this representative talked about what some of the aides to the Supreme Court justices were able to overhear as the nine justices were sitting in a room deliberating this. This is what the representative brought out. And this, to me, says a lot. It was written by someone who's a current staffer uh, for one of the Supreme Court justices. And this, I'll just describe the report to you that I read, and you can make of it what you will. Um, he said that the justices, as they always do, went into a closed room to discuss you know, cases they're taking or do debate. There's no phones, no computers, no nothing. No one else is in the room except for the nine justices. It's typically very civil. Um, they usually don't hear any sound. They just debate what they're doing. But when the Texas case was brought up, he said he heard screaming through the walls as Justice Roberts and the other liberal justices were insisting that this case not be taken up. Um, and the reason, the, the words that were heard through the wall um, when Justice Thomas and Justice Alito were citing uh, Bush versus Gore from John Roberts were, I don't give up about that case. I don't want to hear about it. At that time, we didn't have riots. So what he was saying was that he was afraid of what would happen if they did the right thing. And I'm sorry, but that is moral cowardice. And, and we in the SREC, I'm an SREC member, we put those words in very specifically because the charge of the Supreme Court is to ultimately be our final arbitrator, our final line of defense for right and wrong. Okay, so did you catch that? He said that they heard some screaming. Judge Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts, said, I don't care about Gore Bush. That They didn't have riots then. So could it be perhaps some of the justices' decisions were based on the repercussions of the results of the way they could rule more than trying to interpret the law and use that as a way to bring up a case that is relevant when it comes to interpreting the law. 
if it's the early on, if it's if it's the idea that they were afraid the repercussions of what the law is stated, that is scary because that is activism on the bench when it comes to the Supreme Court. That is not interpretation of the Constitution. And if that's the case, that is very damaging to the Supreme Court and the reputation of John Roberts. I just thought I'd play that real quick, if that is uh, true and what the person overheard. All right, so coming up after the break, we're going to be talking to Tim Winter. He's the president of the Parents Television Council. And some of these entertainment trends are pretty troubling, to say the least. We'll talk to him about those next on Overnight America KMOX. News Radio 1120 KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. And joining us now is the president of the Parents Television Council, Tim Winter. Thank you for coming on to KMOX. Ryan, uh, greetings from Hollywood. It's a pleasure to be on the phone with you. Yeah, boy. So you're in Hollywood. That's probably not the greatest place to be when you're monitoring things of Hollywood that are a little questionable at best. You're kind of like right in the middle of things. We are in the belly of the beast, and when I go out to get my newspaper, I do look over both shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> well, 2020 has been a weird year, really, for a lot of different people, but I would think that the increase of kids sitting in front of a device or a screen has increased dramatically, too. Now, not just for school. For the most part, some of the kids virtually learning are in front of an iPad all day. But uh, the, the other problem is, you know, parents don't know what to do with their kids around when there's no school. So a lot of times they say, here you go, watch uh, Netflix or turn on the TV or whatever it is. And there's so many different messages and things that kids are exposed to during that time. It's important to remember that as a parent, you really have to be mindful and very watchful of those things that are being shown to your kids. So I'm kind of curious, looking back at 2020, some of the different trends you've seen in entertainment or anything else that parents really need to be made aware of. Well, I think you perfectly, beautifully described the situation. I mean, children are spending more screen time than ever before in history. And it's it's no surprise with schools locked down and distance learning and with with a lot of their activities foreclosed. So what's a parent to do? Um, what we're seeing in terms of entertainment media trends um, are sadly heading in, a, in a, a direction that is perilous when it comes to parents, to children, and to their well-being, their, their moral fabric, their, their makeup, and the values that uh, are being attempted to be instilled through the entertainment media. We have, you know, we've, the Parents Children Council has been around for 25 years. I've been here for 18. And, you know, it's been quite an interesting ride going back that far. It was broadcast television was where families primarily got their entertainment. Uh, then, of course, with the advent of, of 500 cable channels, a lot of folks moved over to cable. And now they are increasingly going to the streaming media platforms. Uh, that creates, it's a Pandora's box, really. I mean, with, with the wonders of the Internet and all the world at your fingertips, there is a lot of really uh, vile, wretched, and toxic stuff, much of it that is being targeted at children. And what we're seeing this year for the first time is a, a sharp increase in children being sexually exploited, sexualized within the entertainment for profit. Mm, you're right. When you say they're targeted, so in general, when you've normally seen these things in the past, when it comes to targeting of children, uh, that there was a certain line where that wasn't something that people would disagree on. But in today's world, it seems like there is more of that. What are some of those examples where you've seen lately where kids have been targeted? Well, it comes from a, a variety of ways, one of which is how programs are marketed. 
Um, they are increasingly marketed through social media platforms, some of which are very, you know, very popular among young children. Um, we have seen um, programs that are extremely explicit, violent, uh, very sexually explicit, very profane, that are rated, when you look at the TV rating, like the movie rating, R and PG-13, television programs, even on the internet, are usually rated, and they are usually rated inaccurately, and they are only inaccurate in one direction, meaning they suggest that content is appropriate for children when, in fact, it is not. It is actually extremely explicit. Um, so between the marketing, especially through social media, uh, and the way that uh, that shows are being promoted with age ratings, when you pull up, for instance, on Netflix, teen teen programming, there is stuff that is shockingly explicit, adult that's R-rated and, and TVMA, mature audience only rated, that is that falls within the teen category. So if you're a parent, you'd think, well, if Netflix says it's for teens, it's probably okay. There's a big chance that it's not. Mm. There's this message that Hollywood puts out, which is, you know, it's just, it's just the way the culture is today. So, you know, it's it's really you as a parent that's the problem, meaning you shouldn't find problem with this. They, they keep moving this line in a more adult way and continue to try to push it or at least try to sell it that it's safe for a kid because, hey, it reflects today's society. So that has changed a lot, even in my own years. I'm 37. I remember what television was like when I was growing up, and I remember what my parents would do if they ever caught me watching anything that would have been considered normal today. I mean, they would have they would have pulled the TV out of the house and just threw it out in the garbage if some of the things that were on TV today were things I was watching back then. So things have definitely changed a lot. So how do we combat that? How do we combat these messages that, hey, this is normal now. You have to get with the times. Yeah, Hollywood does a really good job at um, when they want to say that here's an important message that we want to make sure we hammer home to everybody. And this is hopefully going to change the culture in a positive and powerful way. And then out of the other side of the mouth, their mouths, they say, well, this stuff that folks find to be harmful, offensive, really, there's really no harm at all. It's just content and it's, it's, it has no impact. I'm, I'm, I'm rather weary of the uh, excuse I frequently hear in town here. Uh, that, oh, we're just trying to start a dialogue about an issue. Um, there was a show on Netflix called 13 Reasons Why, which was linked to, uh, it featured teen suicide, it romanticized teen suicide, and it was linked directly to uh, an increase in suicides by teenagers in the United States when it released. And and Netflix said, oh, it, this isn't a show romanticizing suicide, this is trying to start a dialogue about suicide. There's no dialogue. There is no attempt to start a dialogue. What they do is they produce a film that they like, that, that reflects the values they want it, they, they feel are important to push. And, um, and then they, they cash their check, they go their merry way, and they're on to their next pro project. There is no real attempt to start a dialogue. If there were, then show the film, stop the film, and then let's have a dialogue. But they don't do that. They just, uh, they just do it for the sake of cashing the check, making themselves uh, wealthy and very popular and very influential here in Hollywood, and they're off to their next project. Mm. Tim Winter is president of Parents Television Council, joining us tonight on KMOX. And I relate to the idea that people are going to be able to create and in a creative way express themselves artistically through film or television. I think the, the main problem comes in when it's directed towards the wrong audience. And you're exactly right about how 
you say that it romanticizes certain ideas or it gets it, it fantasizes certain ideas and they try to put it under the guise of, oh, we're just trying to start a conversation that, you know, that never really happens and it doesn't fly in the opposite direction either. Um, so let's just say in a world where they keep putting these sort of things out there, what's your recommendation to parents who have these young teens and even younger than that that are exposed or at least have access to these things? What's your message to parents? It has never been more difficult than right here, right now, for a parent to monitor the entertainment media consumption of their child. Never been more difficult. Uh, That's granted. It has never been more important to do so. Uh, it is vital. You, you, parents think, gosh, I need to go buy organic food for my kids to eat for the food on the table without thinking about the toxins that are going into their child through through some of the entertainment media. It's not all bad. There's a lot of really wonderful stuff out there. But the reality is science has proven for something like 70 years that the the entertainment media that a child consumes does have a long-lasting impact on their mental health, on their development, on their on their uh, on their brain health. It's really a health issue. You have to be involved. And, uh, and that's why the Parents Television Council is here. We're trying to help parents be good parents and, uh, and provide positive options. Also, providing them a means to speak up and speak out when something is really harmful, really toxic. Something like 13 Reasons Why that was linked to children killing themselves. Uh, we were fortunate with our outreach by speaking up and speaking out. Netflix reluctantly uh, pulled the graphic suicide scene out of that television show. We're, we're, we're heartened by that. It still shouldn't have been made to begin with, but at least they, they felt the pressure and they pulled that, show, that, that scene out of the show. Um, voices matter, and parents need to speak up. i got to say this, too. It, it's tough when you are a parent and you have young ones, and it's at the point where even if you go out to eat somewhere and there's a television on in the background – there could be an advertisement that you would look at and say, oh, you got to be kidding me. It's it's at the point where there is even 30 to 60 second small messages that I would say, well, maybe this doesn't belong here. And it makes me reluctant to even go to some places where these TVs are on in the background when you got little ones. Because, I mean, they're being bombarded with messages all over the place that are contradictory to the values we try to instill in our kids. Even even now, um, not just televisions, but, but the smartphones and the, the tablets and, and, and so forth. Even, I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, here in Los Angeles, in some of the high-rise buildings, you have television sets or monitors in the elevator bank. And they have, they're have they playing commercials and other stuff, which sometimes you go, gosh, that's, that's a little edgy even for an elevator full of uh, working business people. But um, the rea- you're so right. The reality is the, the, the ubiquity of, of uh, video in our lives. Uh, it's, it's there. It's everywhere. And sadly, there are some people who either don't have uh, any concern for the harm uh, or they are actually trying to push a, an agenda that a lot of parents just uh, really disagree with. I don't think it's necessarily uh, a conspiracy in Hollywood. I do think it's consensus that that there's such a lemming mentality here that explicit is cool, explicit is what you want to do, that's where you want to make your name. Um, sadly, there's a dearth of really high-quality family entertainment. There are some great shows, but there, it is it is few and far between, and, and sadly, our, our young ones are, are paying the price, and, and they will for many years. So with like an organization 
of yours, and you've been working there for 17 years, the Parent Television, uh, Parents Television Council. What does a win look like for your organization? Ultimately, are you mostly trying to bring awareness to some of these issues, these red flags that we're seeing in today's pop culture, or is there some sort of thing that you're working towards as an organization, as in you want to completely uh, change the way the industry works? I'm, I'm just not sure what's the what's the message of your organization. How much time do you have? <laughs> um, I, I guess the, the simple answer is a win for the Parents Television Council is when someone tries to push across the line, you know, to 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 uh, uh, really branch out into something new that is very dangerous, very explicit, very harmful. Uh, not just from based on our view, but on on you know on the experts, on academicians and, and educators, they see that there's a harm to children. When, when somebody tries to not just push the envelope, but shred one, if, if there's such pushback that they are forced to shut it down and realize we can't go there, that is at least holding the line as best as we can. You know, we can't go back to leave it to Beaver, although it's fun actually knowing Jerry Mathers. <laughs> uh, but it, but it, it's, you know, we can't go back to the old leave it to Beaver days. We understand that the, the industry has evolved and, and our society has, has evolved. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't be letting children be children, especially uh, when it comes to their entertainment. Right. Well, if people wanted to find out more about the things you're doing, maybe some of the uh, problems and the, the fights that you're fighting, where can they go? Uh, our website is a treasure trove of information. It's parentstv.org, parentstv.org. Uh, we provide information to, again, try to help parents be better parents, but we also provide uh, outlets for advocacy speak up, speak out. It's important. It, it's the worst thing you can do if you're unhappy with uh, the entertainment culture. The worst thing you can do is throw up your hands and say, uh, there's nothing I can do. Every voice truly matters. Tim Winter, president of the Parents Television Council. Thank you for the time tonight. I really appreciate you coming on. It's a pleasure to be on KMOX. And he joins us on the Quiver River Electric Guest Line on Overnight America KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't it be right without it? Yes, yes, yes. Can you believe it's here already? My vacation time is just about to start, so this is even sweeter right now. Yeah! Welcome back to Overnight America. Wouldn't also feel right unless we got our friend Kevin Clean on with one of his latest whole nother stories. We're joined by Mrs. Claus herself, Trish Gazelle of our sister station, KUZK, <laughs> who since, how long has it been that you've been playing Christmas songs these many weeks? We started on Friday the 13th, November the 13th. So your your mind, your eardrums are marinated in, in all these lyrics and melodies of Christmas cheer. How, how are you holding up? Well, you know, I haven't been to work since March. I work in pajamas all day, and I listen to Christmas music. So really, <laughs> it doesn't sound that bad when I say it out loud. But you do get a lot of feedback, don't you, from your listeners? I'm just wondering, what's what's the mood this Christmas season of all others from the, the people who are out there receiving all these songs that you're playing? Well, you know, there is a cloud kind of over this holiday season, and I think everybody gets that, but they're doing their best to just kind of put that to the side, focus on Christmas for their families, for their kids. I'll tell you, we usually do a 
light competition each year, a light fight where people send in pictures of their home displays, their lights. And we got a ton more this year than we did last year. I remember that. So a lot more people are decorating. Um, We've been doing these Santa parades where we go through different towns and we have Santa in a couple of cars. People are pulled over and honking. I was just at one in Cottleville the other day. So you know, any glimpse of Christmas or any any glimpse of not having to worry about what's going on in the world, people are taking it. What about the most requested Christmas song this year? Is there one song that, that signifies the times we're in? What are people asking to hear? Well, here's what's interesting. You know Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas? It has hit the number one spot in the charts 26 years later. And for the first time in the UK, hit number one on their charts 26 years later. So that's always a popular one. People like the classics more than they like the new ones. So, you know, being Crosby, White Christmas, um, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. I like the Frank Sinatra Jingle Bells. So they really like the classics when it comes to Christmas music. Keep up the good work and don't let all the good cheer get to you. Merry Christmas, Kevin. Merry Christmas. With a whole nother story, I'm Kevin Killeen. Uh, Well, that will also do it for me. We have the replay hours coming up. And I got to say, I'm going to take the next couple of weeks off based on the final time I have left for my vacation for the year. So burn them all off. And we say, in fact, I took this time off at the start of the year, not understanding how the year would change dramatically from the start to finish. So Merry Christmas to you. Happy New Year to you. Follow me on Facebook. We can message on there. Ryan Wrecker Radio on Facebook. Seriously, go like it. Ryan Wrecker Radio on Facebook. Merry Christmas to you. We'll talk to you next year. Bye. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.